0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the District 3 Podcast, episode 198. My name is Irvin. Joining me today is my roommate, a.k.a. (laughs) Mayra Esquivel, uh, my wife. Um, The reason why she's joining me today is we're actually going to talk about advanced parole, you know, for those that have DACA and might have heard about it or haven't heard about it. This is an episode where you'll get to know about that process, and it's a... a, uh, a pretty much a permit to travel outside of the country when you have DACA but Myra's going to go more into detail on that and also talk about the Mexico trip that we just did a little over a month ago uh, since we never followed up on that and I've been saying uh, almost every episode that I'm going to do an episode where we talk about this I just haven't gotten to it yet but now we're here we're recording from the house so you might hear some background noises while recording you might hear Duke in the background drinking water or just doing some other other things in the background but uh maida thanks for joining me today
1: (laughs) yeah so as you were doing that introduction duke was drinking water and he came and rubbed all the water all over my arm yeah so i'm just sitting here and i'm thinking i'm probably gonna have to do the podcast with this like the wet arm Wet arm.
0: It'll <laughs> be fine. Luckily, we don't have any visuals in this in this specific episode, so people won't see your wet arm while you speak.
1: Even if they did, I'm super transparent.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think uh, I'm just excited about recording this episode because we've been trying to do it for weeks now, and we finally got the time to sit down on a Saturday after the fireworks outside have kind of been going off for the past hour and a half, even though it's not the 4th of July yet. Okay. But we are here. But I guess we can start by just talking about, you know, what is Advanced Pearl for those that don't know? And for those that have DACA and might not have heard of it before, how can this be something that is that could be useful for them?
1: Totally. So before we start, I just want to say it's so funny how when we started dating at this time, it was when we, when we would just start partying it up at like 10, 15. <laughs>
0: Going to the, going to the uh, local nightclub, Savanas.
1: Fast forward and we're in our kitchen. Like I'm in my PJs and it's a Saturday night and no, we doing a podcast.
0: Not doing much, but it is what it is. You got to have these days where you don't do anything so you can rest up. So I'm not complaining.
1: Oh, this is us like every Saturday. We're, we're like old now. But anyways, Um, so advanced parole. Uh, some may know what it is, some may not. But for those who don't. It's basically some type of benefit that comes with being a DACA recipient. So DACA, Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. It's basically a permit uh, for a DACA recipient to travel outside of the United States and have a permit to present when flying back into the US or driving back into the US when you're re-entering to show the officers at the border or Customs and Border Patrol officers this permit that says that basically you can come back into the country. So um, with with DACA, it's a little bit more restricted. Basically, in order to have that permit, you do have to apply for it. You have to apply for it obviously before you leave the country You don't want to leave the country with anything approved. How much
0: much do you have to pay for it?
1: You have to pay $575 for the government fee. And then if you're going to do it with an attorney, um, then you would pay the attorney fees, right? Um,
0: And you have to be on DACA to be able to apply for it, right? Yeah,
1: you have to be on DACA. There is other people who can apply with advanced parole but that's like going deeper into immigration talk and and we don't we don't want to talk too much about that um but basically you do have to apply for it it's i believe it's like five or six pages it's not very long but uh the basically the point is to give as much evidence saying that you're either wanting to go outside of the u.s because of humanitarian purpose and humanitarian purpose can be different things. It's a very broad term. Um, it, most of the people that have asked for it have been to visit a sick family member or to even visit family members' graves, you know, because that's, that's emotional. Even if it's been years, you know, if you lost your grandfather or someone who was really dear to you, that 's still humanitarian, um, so it just you know it just depends on talking to your attorney or your legal representative on whether or not you have a valid um, reason to ask, and The other two are basically if you 're going into a study program if you want to study abroad and then the third is if you are going for work purposes so if your like job is sending you off for a training or to do some work in another part of the world then that's definitely a reason that you can use
0: you could probably do also uh whenever someone is trying to get a job outside of the country right like if someone has like an interview or anything or like trying to get hired in a different country.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that yeah. would go under the work. I mean, really at the end of the day, it's working with your attorney or your legal representative to try to have as much evidence as possible. And at the end of the day, it comes down to the discretion of the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services officer who would be reviewing the application. So I have not seen anyone not get an application approved yet. I'm sure there have been. Um, but but yeah, yeah um, that's definitely a little bit of it. It's kind of the basics.
0: And one of the things that I didn't point out, but I think it's important to point out is you're currently an immigration paralegal, right?
1: Yes, I am currently an immigration paralegal. Um, I am also what they call um, a Department of Justice accredited representative. Uh, not a lot of people are familiar with this. I wasn't familiar with this term until I started working in this field, but it's basically someone who has the authority by the Department of Justice to practice immigration law, basically act as an attorney um, with obvious r- some restrictions, um, but you can advise people on immigration mm-hmm. cases um, and immigration law. So. Um, If I do give any advice here, it's uh, strictly general advice. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Obviously, always go to an attorney or a legal representative to have some more advice that's tailored to your case. So um, just want to make sure everyone knows that. And if I do give advice, it's under the DOJ accredited rep hat.
0: And I'm going to be asking a lot of questions on this podcast that I probably already know the answer to, but I'm going to be asking them just for the people that are listening that don't know the answers. Um, I think one of the first things that I want to ask you is was there a specific reason why you took so long to apply for advanced parole?
1: Well, you know.
0: (laughs) I know but for the people that are listening.
1: You know. Um we were scared basically, and I say we because there was no way that Urban was I wasn't gonna make Urban go with me. Um I mean that was like a given. (laughs) It's like if I'm leaving, you're coming with me. And you know, honestly, like I, I we were scared um we i've had daca for a while now also the way that policies have been working it's like oh we're gonna take daca away um oh no we're not let's just take away daca for these people um let's take away advanced parole oh wait never mind look it got reinstated so it's basically just like been a roller coaster ride with daca and advanced parole so you know It was just, it was that, but it was also fear, not fear of the unknown. I mean, I've lived my life, my entire life here. I came here when I was three years old. And so all the stories that I hear of, you know, my home country are, it's so violent. Um just on the uh on
0: the US travel advisory Zacatecas is
1: Right. Like it's yeah. it's so dangerous, like don't go, US citizens, stay away. <clears throat> um, so you just hear like the worst, and that was obviously the main reason why we didn't do it.
0: And and just to let everybody know, you might be hearing some fireworks in the background. Uh so it's it's just fireworks. No one is getting shot outside or anything like that. Just so you know. But Um, yeah, going back to the whole, uh, dangerous part of it, you know, I know I was concerned. I might not, I might've voiced it a little bit here and there, but I mean, you know, that I was, I was nervous about going back to to Mexico because I'm a citizen and you hear all these, all these different things of, of, you know, citizens that go over there and, and then things happen. But I feel like you probably hear more stories of people that go there and come back and they don't have that many problems.
1: Exactly. So I would hear stories also of people who would go and had firsthand experience and they're like, girl, like, it's not that bad. Like, you know, all these like, you know, all the bad people or whatever, they're just kind of doing their own thing. It's kind of like any other place in the world. There's good people and there's bad people and you just stay away from the bad people as much as you can or to the best of your knowledge. So."
0: Do you, do you want to mention uh, what, what was your reason for going to Mexico? Like, what, what did you use?
1: Yeah, I'm going to mention it for sure. Um, my reason was to go visit my grandparents, the two um, living grandparents that I have. Um, my paternal grandfather, no, my maternal grandfather, um, he is very sick. He has been sick for a while um and so i really wanted to see him i i knew he wasn't like he's not in the best state and that gave me so much motivation to go and see him because i thought if it's not now when you know time is only time is so fleeting and it's just like it's moving and i don't want it to get to the point where it's like i should have done that and you know i also wanted to visit my paternal grandmother um And I wanted to go and see my family, all of my cousins that I've grown up not knowing, uh, my aunts, I mean, just like where I was born and grew up, that is like such an emotional thing. And it just felt right for us. The time that we did, it just felt right. It was the perfect timing.
0: Puedes hablar un poco sobre cómo sentías tú cuando mirabas que otra gente uh, usaba su Advanced Pro para ir a sus países de orígenes, pero tú no ibas porque tenías un poco miedo. Puedes hablar un poco sobre eso también.
1: ¿En inglés o español?
0: Como quieras, en español, un poquito español también para agregar al, lo que es bilingüe programa.
1: Okay, you, you, you took me off guard whenever you... You <laughs> caught me off guard when you started speaking <laughs> Spanish. Like, like, I was like, okay, switch gears. <laughs> switch Spanish. Uh... Ok, ¿qué era lo que sentía cuando miraba a otras personas uh-huh. a aplicar para este permiso? ¿Te
0: sentías de alguna manera mirar a otra gente que, que aplicaba y, y años antes y, y tú no tenías miedo de hacerlo?
1: Ah, uh, bueno, well, mi primer. y you know, Lo primero que pensaba era: oh my god, qué valiente es. <risa> que es por lo mismo, de que lo único que sabía yo era. You know, en ese tiempo es que es súper peligroso, like, uh-huh. ve, pero. You know, Tienes que entender de que hay es un gran riesgo. So lo primero que yo pensaba era, oh my gosh, qué valientes. Pero cuando ya empecé a hablar con esas personas y que como que me estaban dando más ganas y cuando vi personas eh, cerca de mí y familia que estaban empezando a ir y animarse, me dio aún más motivación de, de hacerlo yo también.
0: Mm. Switching over to English now. Can Can you talk <laughs> Can you talk about uh, what the process looked like for you when you applied, when you got approved, and how that looked like for you. Obviously, I was there, right? I was there the whole time. But for the folks that don't know, you know, what it looked like Uh, when you applied, and then when you finally received that notice saying you were approved.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we or I applied, I want to say in January um, of 2023, right? I want to say, yep. yeah. Just so y'all know, it's like past my bedtime. So if I kind of like don't know what I'm saying, it's probably because of that. But I applied in January of this year. And I knew because of the work that I do, how long it would take. It could take, you know, not guaranteed, but it can take on average four to five months for you to hear uh, a response from USCIS. And uh, I applied. Uh, I did my own paperwork. I mean, it only makes sense. You know, I do this paperwork for our clients. So um, I think I was just fortunate enough to to be able to do my own paperwork. Um, paid the $575. Um, sent it out in the beginning of January. And I heard back. When was it? In we came April? Back, we came back from
0: some. Where did we come back from?
1: Oh, we were in Dallas. Okay, oh. so it was so funny because... I requested for me because you have to request the departure date that you want to leave. Like what's your planned departure date?
0: You also got to say where where you're going, right? Where you're Just country. Oh, okay. You just have to
1: say the country. Um but then you also have to say how many days do you want to stay over there? And it's always so important. This is what I tell my clients. Like always give more days than you actually plan on staying because you know, you never know what's going to happen. You're your flight could be delayed, your, you know, maybe, I don't know, hopefully we won't, but, you know, things like COVID, you know, like you have to get a test or whatever. You just never know. It's always good to give yourself some wiggle room. So I requested to depart um, May 1st and I requested 31 days. And so I was very scared that I wasn't going to get it on time. (laughs) You know, I was like, if I don't get it on time, it's fine. It's whatever. So we went to, it was the end of April, towards the end of April, I think. I think it was like April 23rd. It was um, one of my aunt's birthdays. And, you know, we went over there for her birthday party. And what's cool is we got to meet some family members that we hadn't seen from mm-hmm. Mexico. So that was really emotional. Mm-hmm. And the moment we, I was thinking about my advanced parole, like obviously the entire time.
0: No, I was like, let me go check the mail. Because I had a feeling. Something. Yeah.
1: I know. As soon as we got here from, like, we parked the car and then Irvine always has to go check the mail first.
0: And take in mind that that uh, probably a week or two weeks before that, I was checking the mail every day and you were asking, do we get anything?
1: Yeah. I kept asking. I was like, hey, do you have anything? Is there anything there? You know, I mean, we had gotten the receipt notices and all of that and um like I got my no no fingerprints needed like I didn't need to show up for fingerprints they were just gonna use the ones that I had but you know I was like dang so as soon as we got back he he checked the mail and he was like "Uh uh-oh what's this and for some reason I just kind of knew I turned around I looked at the envelope and as soon as I saw the green paper If you've ever had to deal with immigration stuff or petitions and you're familiar with them, when you see that green paper, (laughs) it's a very good sign. So um, I started to shake. It was very surreal. I started to shake and my hands started to sweat because I knew what that was. And it could only have been one thing, right? My advance parole approval notice. Mm. And I opened it and you saw me like you were recording me because yeah. <laughs> Urban has to capture every single moment.
0: Absolutely everything.
1: <laughs> so I start bawling my eyes out. I'm shaking. And as soon as I see the words on there that it's, you know, it's an approval and I see the dates. They're the exact dates that I asked for. Um, they even gave me like, like a little bit, even more wiggle room. I just thought, oh my gosh, you have to keep in mind, I haven't been back to Mexico, hadn't been back to Mexico in 29 years. So I started to shake. I think I went through a lot of emotions at the same time, mostly good. Um, I was just really nervous and I called you know, our family, my parents, and I was crying, <laughs> of course. Urban's filming every single second of it and I'm shaking and I'm thinking, This is it. Uh, We have about three weeks to plan the whole trip. (laughs) And I was ready. I was already ready. Like, I was like, I'm ready. I'm ready to, you know. And mind you, I am terrified of airports. I have the most horrible airport anxiety. Urban knows. I don't like to fly if I can help it. And so... I had to get over that fear, or at least find a way to manage and having an eatingwing with me was great, but I'll get to that in a minute, but yeah, that was the moment I found out it was super emotional, I was so nervous, but I was so happy, and I could not believe it like oof
0: and then the the day comes whenever uh we start uh heading to dallas for for the trip uh we were gonna stay in Dallas for one night with Midas's cousin Erika. Um, thanks. Shout out to Erika for letting Shout us stay out at Erica. her apartment when Thank we went so and when much. we came back. So we're very thankful for her. Um, do you want to talk about, you know, some of the stuff that we experienced on our way to or the way to the airport?
1: Oh my gosh, this is some heavy stuff. I might have repressed it a little bit. What happened? Oh, it was when we, okay. So when we were close to Dallas, uh, we decided to go to In-N-Out. Right. Well,
0: it started, we got to go a little bit more back. What it happened before that? At your, at your mom's house. The bird.
1: Oh, 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 yes. Okay, so the spiritual happenings. That, yeah. What I believe were spiritual happenings, spiritual events, and definitely signs from my loved ones, our loved ones.
0: Well, I guess it even goes more back than that because I think it's, it's important to point out that we were supposed to uh, land at Aguascalientes Airport. And uh, we had a little meeting uh, slash dinner with a friend, Samantha. And our friend Samantha, do you want to talk about that? Or do you want me to talk about it?
1: I mean, you're talking about it already.
0: <laughs> so, <but laughs> you forgot about it. So I was like, let me make sure you mention this too. So you were you were nervous about uh, the airports and stuff because you've obviously never been to Aguascalientes Airport. And we had dinner with Samantha. Uh, shout out Samantha Vital. I was an immigration attorney here in the in the area and a close friend um and uh, she we were talking about just landing in aguascalientes and then and how she tells, nervous i
1: was how at the airport because like i said i have airport anxiety
0: because you don't know how that airport is or anything or how it works so it's like i feel like every little uh bit of information that you can receive about the plans or about like what you're about to go through for you it's it's important and for you it eases your anxiety because you have that airport anxiety right and when we had dinner with Samantha, turns out she goes to that airport all the time. Turns out that she's actually from there. She's actually from Aguascalientes.
1: Yeah, that was so wild.
0: So she was able to kind of, you know, just from the get go, be like, hey, this airport is really small.
1: Like
0: I know. it's really, really small. It's, she was right. <laughs> she goes there all the time. She told us like how easy it is to, to just go through everything there. Uh and I feel like that was like step one of easing your anxiety a little bit. Um
1: Oh but- yeah. The universe God, you know, what whatever people would like to believe in. Um I believe it was God. Uh was definitely moving and aligning mm-hmm. things to where I was you know, reaffirming that this was the perfect time and putting like you said putting me at ease. Yeah. Throughout the entire process since since the start. Yeah,
0: the and beginning. even even like going just a little bit more back like we were we were uh, not not stressing out, but we had to um like pretty much convert dollars to to pesos um, and we were talking about like how are we were going to do that with your family members are we were going to do that for us and stuff and then my mom shout out
1: to my mama and my dad for like explaining all that to us cuz
0: yeah. yeah and then my mom tells us she's like hey i actually have a bunch of pesos that y'all can use already so yeah that was already converted. insane so they literally gave us all the pesos that they had you know that they had already converted from dollars that they had brought from Mexico when they had arrived six months prior, uh, and uh, and we took that. You know, then that was that was very helpful for us to be carrying that money that those pesos that my mom had. So shout out to my mama too. She probably won't listen to this because it's in English, but shout out to her too. <laughs>
1: um,
0: but yeah, and then we we arrived at your house if you want to talk about that
1: mm-hmm. at your mom's house. So I mean, before we arrived at my mom's house a week before. When we arrived at my mom's house, it was to, you know, say farewell. Like, we're leaving. La despedida, basically. But but go back a week. Um, I had actually dreamt of my late loved ones. Um, and it was a very, very realistic dream. Very vivid. And I remember waking up and I was like, I told and I was like, oh, my gosh. I just dreamt my late loved ones. The ones that I didn't get to see before they passed away and in my dream they picked me up from the airport in Mexico and they were taking me to the rancho where we're from and they were just vibing with me like they were just telling me I was for some reason in my dream I had forgotten my permit and so I was freaking out and I remember them telling me like you're gonna be fine vas a estar bien hija Te van a dejar entrar, no te preocupes, So just like putting me at ease with all of my anxieties. And I woke up and that was like, I don't know. It was just this realization of I'm going to be okay. We're going to be okay. They're with me. They're with us. Yeah. They are so, ex- that was like, I knew, I knew that that was them saying, we're actually very happy that you're coming and you're not going to be alone. You yeah. know, so to know that. And believe that I had my ancestors with me was amazing and I um, feel
0: like a lot of people that are on DACA or are undocumented like they understand the, the weight of not not being able to go to their country of origin whenever their family members pass away so this is kind of this conversation is kind of maybe more for the folks that don't experience that you know us privileged folks that are U.S. citizens that don't even think about that a lot of the times you know when when, when relatives pass away and you're undocumented or you're on DACA, you're like you can't go to the country. So you, you're you not present. You don't get to say your final goodbyes. A lot of the times people will, the only time they're able to see what's happening is whenever like a family member streams it on social media or whenever they have record, you know, the funeral. But a lot of people don't have that privilege of just going to the funeral anytime someone dies in their country of origin, which is very, very sad. It is. Just
1: throwing it out there though, if you're on DACA and, you know, Something like that is going on with a family member of yours consider applying for advanced parole So there's you know that one chance. Um, it's always a risk of them taking both programs away um, but yeah, so the day came for us to finally make our way over to Dallas because we were gonna grab a flight from DFW the Dallas airport and before we you know got on the road towards Dallas um, we stopped by my parents house and you know, I'm just gonna say bye to my mom. And do you remember the part where we, so I don't, again, I'm a very, I don't know, I believe in these kind of things, you know? Um, but when we arrived to my mom's house, we saw a cardinal show up and like, like, just like stand in my mom's porch. And that was wild because as soon as we saw that, as soon as I saw that, I was like, Oh, because that's when the nerves were kicking in. I started to get really nervous because I was like, this is for real. I can't believe this. Like, my stomach hurts. That's when the nerves started to kick in really bad. And as soon as I saw that bird, when we parked outside my parents' house, it was like, oh. And can um, you
0: explain on what that bird might mean? Like, what?
1: I mean, there's a belief, you know, and of course, there may be different beliefs. But there is a belief that cardinals, seeing a cardinal... Or a blue jay is basically your ancestors, your late loved ones, bringing you a message from above, and I believe that wholeheartedly. And when that happened to us, I just felt, I just felt this peace come over me. It was like that. This is this is for us. And
0: this. then when we left, we also saw.
1: And then when we left. We saw a blue jay and the blue jay went and sat on my mom's porch. Like like what, like that's obviously a sign for me, mm-hmm. right? And I remember almost crying because I knew. I knew that that was my ancestors and Irving's dad, you know, Don Don Demetrio. May he rest in peace as well, telling us you're about to embark on this journey y no están solos. Mhm.
0: Uh-huh. And then we're, we start heading over to, to Texas and um I want to get in and out. So, and um 'cause cuz I always cuz you always got to get in and out when you're in Texas. I know there's some people that don't like in and out, but I love to it. To each
1: their own. I love it though.
0: I love it. Um and we we're getting off at the Allen uh in and out exit and then when we're when we take the exit and we're we're about to turn left on the street of In and Out, we realized that right to our right is the Allen Mall that had that mass shooting the day prior.
1: Ugh that was awful. That was awful. It is just Ugh I don't even have words for that. Because they had when we passed by it, they had duct tape, not duct tape, caution tape yeah. around that area. They had what looked like a crime scene cleaning crew. I kid you not. I could be wrong, but that's what it looked like. They had cops. They had people who looked like detectives, like just people from law enforcement. The
0: helicopters that
1: were flying around. The helicopters just flying around this area. I mean, it was the most haunting and eerie experience I've ever witnessed. The aftermath of a mass shooting and... Oh my gosh i remember i just started crying you know yeah. um i i i felt sick to my stomach and i i remember even told being like i'm not hungry i don't even want to think about food right now this honestly is... the
0: burger did not even taste that good i, think, I yeah. think it was simply because of the fact that our stomach was like turned from from witnessing that first and
1: sandwich. we were hungry but like it was just like my stomach was obviously like okay we need to eat but i just like i can't even eat my burger like this is this is so disgusting I, to think that people had just been killed the day prior was just like yeah, like Urban said, like it just made our stomachs turn and
0: that Asian family that got murdered in that event. Um, Rest in peace. Everybody but the but the one of the kids is is horrible um, and just innocent people literally going out to to shop at the outlet mall, you know, not even knowing what's gonna happen when when they get there and it is it's very unfortunate and it's something that still turns my stomach to this day when I think about it but you know just being there not even trying to go there but ending up right next to it it was a lot to take especially since the emotions were kind of already high that we were on our way to yeah you know to go to Mexico for the first time for for her initial departure and then after we passed that we were heading towards uh your cousin's house and there was like a a person who was outside of their car and their car was like completely on fire
1: on fire we're right next to it the traffic is like congested so we can't go back and we can't go forward and we can't go to the side (laughs) and so we're already like high you know cortisol levels in our bodies and It was just like, oh, no, like not here, not now. Like this thing was in flames and I knew it was just a matter of time before it like, you know, exploded again or whatever. And it was just a lot of things in that Mm -hmm. moment, a lot of emotions. It took me a while to eat my burger. (laughs) It was just like it tasted like nothing to me. (laughs) it was so oh my goodness but despite all of that you know you know obviously we paid our respects to the families who were injured and and killed in that mass shooting and just you know left some good vibes and prayed over that area because oh my goodness but and the person whose car was on fire i mean that was just awful i'm so sorry i hope they're okay yeah um but yeah and we finally made it to my cousin's house
0: yeah and we we were able to stay the night there and then the next night and the next day early no i don't even remember how early it was it was like seven
1: no it
0: was 6 a.m 6 a.m your cousin erica drove us to the airport and uh the dallas airport is one of the biggest airports in the country oh
1: makes my hands sweat just thinking about it
0: honestly uh i mean That one would be one that you'd probably get stressed about because it's so big. Um, But we were able to get there early. We went through, you know, customs and everything.
1: Well, no, we didn't go through customs. We went through TSA. Oh, TSA, that's
0: what Um, I wanted to say.
1: But when we were going through TSA, I was like dissociated the entire time because that's security is like, I hate it. I hate it so much. I just. I don't know why, my body just thinks that I'm under, like I'm in danger the entire time. and yeah. It's something that I'm working through. Luckily I had eating with me and that definitely helped bring down my anxiety like down to like a 50%. But I was still like dissociated. I just remember seeing like, like, what do you call it? Tunnel vision?
0: And it's it's important to point out that the first experience that you had flying was a horrible experience. Yeah, and it was horrible. And it included that airport. It included DFW airport. It did. Oh, you it was had
1: to, horrible. You,
0: you, I think your flight was canceled and you had to sleep at the airport.
1: Like on the cold floor because there was no more of those little like cot beds that they give away. It was, yeah. it was cold. It was. I was alone. I didn't know anything about navigating an airport. So hopefully oh.
0: this experience kind of overtook that one in a way because it was it wasn't a bad experience this time i think everything was pretty smooth no
1: it was so cool because like okay after i went through security and i went through that little detector thing Mm. the tsa agent because i had my hair down and the tsa agent i guess she kind of saw my face probably and saw that i was kind of freaking out and a little Mm -hmm. dissociated like out of it and she said girl what do you do with your hair it's so pretty and she just complimented my hair and it was almost like she brought me back to like earth. Mm-hmm. Her compliment not only obviously like it made me feel like oh you're so sweet but it like it, it grounded me instantaneously. Yeah. I was like girl your hair is so pretty what do you do on it like what do <laughs> you use and it was just like like a someone you know snapped their fingers yeah. and I came back and I was like huh oh like nothing like oh this is what i do and you know she was just so nice and when she was done i like turned around the wrong way and she was like oh wrong way wrong way girl and like i remember going towards the right way and then she was like go get yourself some coffee and so like she made me laugh like they were so sweet and i was a little bit more at ease still not completely though (laughs)
0: yeah and it's also such a small world because I made this uh, TikTok of... And then also Instagram reel of Mida's journey going to Mexico and stuff. And uh, one of the comments on TikTok was one of the girls that was actually there at the airport with us waiting.
1: The same section.
0: Yeah. She was like, hey, I saw y'all. I, I was actually on the same flight as you. Uh, I I didn't... Like that I think she saw Myra's DACA or something. My DACA no, my, decca, no, pearl my advanced something. pearl
1: letter because I had it on in my hand, yeah, out right. in the open. Like
0: So shout out to that girl in case she listens <laughs> to this episode. I'm gonna send her the link. Um but I think one of the one of the cool things that happened that, you know, talking about the universe aligning, energy aligning to make this trip a little bit more easier for us. Uh we weren't scheduled to be uh sitting next to each other on the airplane. We were gonna be apart from each other. Oh yeah. Because we didn't get the tickets, the ones that the ones that are you know, so we can sit close to each other on the same on the same line. Um and one of the cool things that happened besides that part, which I'm about to explain, is that um they ran out of space for for uh for our luggage. So they mm-hmm. said after this certain after this this person, everybody behind is gonna have to have their luggage put somewhere else, and eventually you get taken. Which to that works. again
1: gives me anxiety because I'm like yeah. I don't want to deal with having to like go claim my bag. Oh my god. Anyways.
0: Yeah, for me it w- it wouldn't be a big deal. I've done it before where it's like okay, just take my luggage. Like I'm pretty sure I'm gonna get it. But for Maida, it was a big deal, and it was you know, the next stop was Mexico. So you just don't know if you're going to get your stuff. And then if you're going for the first time over there in a while and you don't have your stuff, that can be kind of I stressful. just don't
1: trust people. And I just don't, I like to be in control. And that was me not being in control of my things.
0: Yeah. So then when we're about to go on the flight, we get a text message that says that we've actually been uh, seated right next to each other. which is That was so
1: cool. And another I mean, relief. Maybe that happens a lot, you know, maybe it's actually pretty common, but you know what? It happened when we most needed it. And again, that was another sign that um, my ancestors were with us and yeah. they were making everything work for, you know, for mm-hmm. our, what is it, betterment for our own good?
0: Mm-hmm. I do And then the luggage part, they were like, well, we're actually going to cut it. Literally right behind us.
1: Oh, that was wild. So literally
0: the, the person behind me had to, had to uh, give them their luggage. And all the other people had to give the luggage over so that they can take it somewhere else. Because it didn't fit in the airplane anymore. In the up compartment, upper compartment. So literally the line cut off right behind us. So we were like, <laughs> well, you know, things seems to, the, the universe seems to be taking care of us. And making this trip a little bit less stressful, which we were super grateful for. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. then you know we hop on the airplane, get our stuff ready right next to each other. Um, I think have you had you created a play a playlist on Spotify that ended, oh, up, yeah. ended up not working? Ended up yeah, not working? I
1: tried to download my playlist, but the Wi-Fi was just so bad before we took off that I just it didn't happen, which was I, fine.
0: I hooked up my my uh, my phone and watched like two episodes of Ted Lasso, so I was like chill, you know, flying, but. What did it feel like that moment where you knew that you had just flown over the border and you were, on, you were on in the air still, but you know I remember you looking down and being like, oh shoot, we're not in the US anymore. What did you feel at that moment?
1: Mm, um, yeah, I, the best way that I can describe it is that it was a two hour flight, but in those two hours, it legitimately felt like I went through a portal, like we both went through a portal. Yeah. A portal into a completely different world, yeah. because I remember looking down and the colors were different already. Yeah, but
0: they still didn't look like like Hollywood makes Mexico look. By the way, with that yellow filter they always put in the movies. No,
1: no, no. I mean, I definitely did see a lot more dirt, yeah. dirt. <laughs> and a lot of dirt, and just the whole like layout. Of everything looked different and I automatically knew we were not over the US anymore.
0: You are not in Kansas anymore. We're not in this, Kansas in anymore. Case, in this case Arkansas anymore.
1: US for yeah. that matter. But um, one of the
0: one of the important things to point out though is that you know we had just left Texas and you know we, we our country had experienced that mass shooting the day prior. No, two days prior the the day that we left. And even though that is there is that travel advisory of Zacatecas because it's seen as a dangerous place where all these you know kidnappies happen and just violence and stuff, we felt safer being in Zacatecas than we did in Texas at that <laughs> in time. that
1: we, moment, yes we were
0: like, you know what like maybe like it's a better idea It's not a bad
1: whatever. thing that we're leaving tomorrow.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it, it just get kinda,
1: me out of Texas
0: <laughs> yeah, it just felt like we for some reason it would be safer in Zacatecas, and it's just like. Man, I, I wonder if, for example, Mexico had some travel advisories of, like, we're not to go in the U.S., what, what states would be listed? Probably Texas would be listed as one of them as, like, do not go to Texas. Well, you know?
1: I believe... The Entire United States was or probably still is under a travel advisory based on shootings. Because
0: so. that, that, I think that month alone, there was you know, there was that shooting of the la, Latino family that got oh, you know, it was kids. so many
1: shootings that and same stuff. month, it was so horrific. And
0: it's not just Texas, I mean, it's different states that all these things are happening. We're just talking about Texas because of what we were experiencing, you know, the days or weeks prior to that, but, anyways. We We're sh- over
1: Mexico. You're
0: in Mexico. I'm over
1: Mexico. You're listening to your... or watching your show. Ta-da. I am in absolute, like, emotional... I'm in an emotional, like, roller coaster. I was just crying. I just had all these, like... My earliest memories from when I lived in Mexico. And I was just crying. <laughs> that was the best thing I could do. Like, I couldn't even really describe how I felt. It was just gratitude more than anything um you know scared obviously like I haven't been there in forever and my goodness speak the language right like you know I mean Mm -hmm. mean, si hablo español pero de repente le pongo unas palabritas en inglés se me sale un like you know (laughs) you know or something like that um I was scared. I was scared of what to expect. I was scared. Are we going to be in danger? I was scared. I was terrified. But I was so happy to be able to see my family and my grandparents that I so wanted to see for the longest time.
0: Yeah. And then we land at the Aguascalientes airport um, and your, your families are waiting for us
1: oh my gosh that was so oh my gosh just uh, thinking about it makes me want to cry to be honest because that was just the most craziest most emotional experience i've ever had in my entire life like it tops my graduation it tops college graduation tops you know our wedding Mm -hmm. was beautiful obviously but this Mm -hmm. was just like a lot and um yeah we went through security first of all No, we go through customs in mexico
0: it's like man we, we have to deal. With, we have to deal with immigration and customs in the u.s <laughs> you're telling me when we go to mexico we gotta go through immigration too i'm like bro look at me I'm
1: i from here i came out of the bathroom because i really need to go and then Irvin's like i was like what are we doing he's like oh we have to get in line for customs and i was like what Oh shoot like it hadn't dawned on me that every country has their
0: customs. Like, all, I, all I'm gonna do is just show them that mole that we have in our in our arm you know that arm, the from mole the
1: that, vaccine
0: that mole every Mexican has in their mole I'm like look this is all you got no shoot.
1: it's the scar from the vaccine that you get in Mexico
0: yeah it's a scar
1: <laughs> look I was like mexicana yeah, just
0: look like but yeah it's crazy that you have to go through immigration yeah. there that as was well. so
1: crazy I was like oh no oh no and I was like oh wait I'm a citizen of Mexico.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and then you see, you see your mom's.
1: Oh, sister. the doors open, and I see my mom's younger sister, um, who's my tía. I adore her, um, and her family, her beautiful family. Mm-hmm. The last time I saw her, she was 17 years old, um, and we had so much fun. Um, she was up here with like a visa and you know, it was amazing. But then here I am, who I hadn't seen in like forever. And she's with her beautiful family, like her husband, her three beautiful daughters, my cousins. And I mean, it was just something that I watched you know, those videos that come up where like people are reunited, like families are reunited and you just see them crying. You can't help. Well, that was literally, I was the video. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just ran over to her like a movie and mm-hmm. we hugged and she started crying. I started crying. She was in disbelief. I was in disbelief. I couldn't believe it.
0: And uh, we drove from Aguas Calientes to... Zacatecas. Where did we, we go to first? What part of Zacatecas? I forgot. La Blanca which is about like two hours two hours and 30 minutes two I think. hours and 30 minutes
1: from I think. which
0: passed by really quick it didn't feel that long uh, maybe because we were just in conversations with your uncle uh, and your i was
1: shook. i was in shock the entire i was just
0: time. looking around you know because mexico is different you can just tell it's the different.
1: air the smells the, the dirt infrastructure
0: the the advertisements i love seeing the advertisements on on walls like people just graffiti the walls to advertise like a concert or a political campaign
1: yeah so it was
0: just a, a whole new world and and yeah if you want to talk about the experiences of some of the stuff that you that you went through when you uh saw their family
1: i mean despite you know it being a, a very different obviously there was that part of me that felt so at home mm-hmm. that felt so at home and i it's gonna sound cheesy but i knew my whole being knew that these were my roots you know and i felt so peaceful and so i'm here this is these are my roots Mm -hmm. and it doesn't get any more authentic than that so we drove it actually happened to be one of my little cousins quince's Um, my family was originally gonna do it that Saturday before, but when they knew we were gonna land on Monday They changed it to Monday. Okay, like how sweet is that? Um, so yeah, we get to her party. Uh, where did we get first? Oh gosh, I don't remember. Oh We go and see where I was born (laughs) Which is this tiny little hospital I come from very humble beginnings, but I could not be more proud Um so yeah, I it was just my cheeks hurt from smiling so much. Are you seeing something? I'm good oh. uh, my cheeks hurt just from like smiling so much, and oh, I mean, we would probably need a part two to explain every single moment, yeah. but you know, we made it to my other aunt's house, where my grandfather was staying. And um, that aunt
0: you hadn't seen
1: that aunt. I had not seen since yeah, since I came to the United States. And
0: that's your mom's older uh, That's older my sister.
1: mother's older sister. Oh my god. When I saw her, it is yeah, you just can't really describe it. It was relief. It was so, 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 so much gratitude. Yeah. That my heart could just like burst. Mm. It felt like it was the entire time I was in Mexico. My heart felt like it was just like, oh my gosh.
0: Especially seeing your grandma too, right?
1: My grandma, my grandpa. Yeah. Like uh, when I saw him, like I, it, mm, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was so beautiful and. And and sad at the same time. Why the heck has it taken so many years for me to be able to do this? No. <laughs> what the heck, you know?
0: And in a way, you're kind of like the representation of your mom, you know, uh going to see your family members and stuff, so it's kind of and they see your mom in in you, you know, when they see you. So it's like they were super happy just to be able to have you there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I mean, yeah, the whole thing was just like I said, we would need a part two to really dig into the, through the entire experience. But in a nutshell, I was so grateful to do it, and and it was crazy too because it was like nonstop meeting family members. Mm-hmm. We barely had any breaks because it was like, you know, tenemos que venir a que vengas a ver a persona, que vengas ver a tu tía, que vengas ver a tu prima. I mean, you guys, I have like like sixty cousins, <laughs>
0: 40,000
1: cousins. Oh my gosh! Like between both of my parents. I mean, there were houses, people's houses in the rancho that we would pass by, and they would have our last names. Yeah. Like, both of, like, my last names.
0: Or even businesses that you would see,
1: you know. With our last name. name. I was like, yeah. oh my god. Like, holy crap. This is, like, uh, this is so cool. <laughs>
0: And you have people in the neighborhood who hadn't seen you since. I mean, because you know you left when you were what three or two, right? So they'd be like, "Oh, this is Maida. Who I saw like when she was a little kid. You know, like when she was just walking around the neighborhood."
1: Yes. People
0: that were like eighty or ninety years old that that still remembered you.
1: That was so beautiful that they still remembered me, and they would, you know, cry and burst into tears. So I naturally would cry too. Yeah. Because I felt so much love. The the. The love was so tangible. It was so palpable. And it just like, it just pretty much like took over us the entire mm-hmm. week we were there.
0: Yeah, and I was, I was trying to get a Mexican hamburger throughout the whole time that I was there. And <laughs> we were just so busy that I didn't get the chance to. But <laughs> priorities first. You know? They
1: had our agenda for us. This they is did. who you're going to go see, mm-hmm. and this is what we're going to do. And it was, I wouldn't have had it any other way. It but was they fed us beautiful. amazingly
0: well everywhere we went. Oh they had food. And I think one of the things that I want to point out is that, you know, sometimes when you go to Mexico and you're, like, from the U.S., you kind of feel a little self-conscious because, like what you said, sometimes English comes out. Sometimes you're just like, man, I really don't – I really shouldn't be speaking English here because I don't want to alienate anyone or make anyone feel uncomfortable. Your family never made us feel uncomfortable. Never. Um, all they did was literally just give us love, feed us, always concerned about everything that we're doing.
1: Hospitality, I mean, literally, like, it was – so so sweet of them
0: yeah and it's it, it feels like it's a whole other world right and mm-hmm. i think about it you know I, I think about it and i'm like man i just met them and and when i came when we came back i missed them you know And <sighs> i think that was that was i, I imagine how you feel them being your family
1: oh i miss them so much i'm so glad i get to stay in touch with them and you know, hopefully one day I'll get to go again. Mm-hmm. And they just... already started
0: making plans for you. They already said <laughs>
1: They did for both of us. They loved you. My yeah. family absolutely loved Irene. It was so, so endearing.
0: They were like, if your residency gets approved by this by this time during the during this year, come by for the, the Fiesta del Rancho.
1: Yeah. I mean they were like, You you're coming back, right? ¿Vas a venir otra vez? And I'm like, trust me, I want to. So that's definitely in the plans, you know. Si Dios nos da licencia y permiso. Yeah. Um, but, um, gosh, you're going to have to, like, help me remember. Because there was so many things that happened that I just... Well, we got
0: to hang out with your dad's family. And they did, like, a little gathering. Oh, with.
1: that was beautiful. They
0: were doing karaoke. Uh, that amazing was beautiful. food that your, your tia...
1: My aunts all and made.
0: And your, your cousin probably helped out, too. Yes, like, oh. all my
1: tias and cousins, like... It was it was so so nice because when we would go visit like a tia, like everyone would come into the house. Like our cousin my cousins, like everyone. They'd be like, Hey, Maida's here, like come through, you know? Yeah. And I just felt so special. Mm. It's like you haven't seen me in all these years, and yet you have so much love for me and my husband.
0: Yeah, they were. They would be like, "Oh, this person is on their way. They're coming." Yeah, like don't go yet,
1: don't go. But we had like already on the schedule to go to the other pueblo (laughs) to visit my other family that we hadn't visited yet. So they were like, "Wait, no," you know. But I'm like, "Ah, we have to like get going." So then we'd like compromise and be like, "Okay, you know what? Why don't you guys come with me to go visit my other family?"
0: I crack up also because, like, our, our moms were like, hey, do not travel at night. <laughs> and we literally did that every day.
1: <laughs> we walked at night. We rode in the back of a, of a truck, truck at night. Yeah. <laughs> it was so bad.
0: It was. And it was – and and we – you know, I was able to document a good part of it. Um, so if you haven't watched that video on Instagram yet, uh, you can go to my Instagram or mine as Instagram. And I'll, I'll show a little clip of it on our on – our, uh, on our instagram and, and yeah on our instagram so you can go check out the video but on that video i kind of you know touched on a lot of the stuff that might i experienced it's kind of like a compilation of all these little different moments that might us talking about right now you know from the point where we're heading over to uh the airport to the time that we get back you know to dfw airport so make sure you check out that reel or that TikTok if you haven't checked it out yet um so you can visually see all of this but um, so we were there for about five days. Um uh, originally we were supposed to be there, uh, sh- for a shorter amount of time, but mm-hmm. your cousin Erica was like, Hey, you need to stay there longer.
1: Yeah. She was like, Oh no girl, three days is not going to be enough. Like, and I'm so glad she told us that because we extended it by, you know, two more days. Yeah. Um, I wish I could have done it longer. But, you know, we've got obligations here. <laughs> you know, this is this, this is home. We've got a doggy. He's our child. So, you know, we've we've gotta work. We gotta do stuff. Um
0: So what are your some of your biggest takeaways from this trip? Looking at it, uh, you know, in retrospect back, now that we're here a month later, uh, how did you feel after did you like a few days after you came back were you feeling a certain type of way not only just you know like missing your family but did you have any other thoughts
1: well the first very first one was like okay um, it wasn't as dangerous that people made it out to be yeah like this like i was so terrified for years
0: well one other thing that we didn't talk about is when you got to the airport at dfw what, what did that process look like for you when you were coming back in
1: Oh my gosh! Okay, well that's a big jump. We go yeah. from what did you take away to what was your reentry process yeah. like? Um, we're gonna need a part two because we're running yeah. out of time.
0: We can we can still incorporate a few more a few more times, so it's okay. Let's keep on going.
1: Okay, so. um Okay, which which one do you want me to talk about first? My takeaways or oh, my talk about, reentry?
0: First, I think we should talk about your reentry, what that process, what you were feeling, and how how it looks like. I wanna I want you to explain how it looks like for the folks that are thinking about doing advanced parole. So, what can they expect, kind of?
1: Totally. So coming back was nerve wracking as heck. Uh, I am still so proud of myself and everyone else who put themselves through that because it is very scary. It is intimidating. Of course, everyone deals with things differently. But I I was just so eager to go through customs already. I was so eager to already know if I was going to be let back into the country because here's the thing. You can have advanced parole, but in no way is it a guarantee that you're going to be let back in. It's all up to the discretion of the customs agent. It's all up to them. You know, it's, it's a, it's a horrible reality, but it's the truth. Um, to, do you know
0: what they can look at? at yeah, they you? look
1: at your criminal history. They look at your immigration history. They do a background check on you. That's why it's so important to go to an attorney or uh, an accredited representative to really get your record looked at, get advised, and make sure it's not going to put you at risk. Mm. Because, yes, there is a big chance you could get stuck and not let back in. And, mm. you know. Um, so for me, I knew I didn't have a record. I, I knew that, but you know, you're nervous and you're full of anxiety. You don't know what to expect. I didn't know what to expect. And in the video that Edvin was talking about, the reel that he made, you see me running through the airport and that was me running through customs, like two customs. Like I just wanted to get there already. Like Edvin, he has this disposition where he just tries to keep calm. And he just like, he was just walking. I was like, no, you need to run. Like you need to run. <laughs> we need to run and get to this place already. Um, And and yeah, and then finally we get to the part where it, it was a super long walk through the airport. Um, And we finally get to the part where it tells you, US citizens this way and foreign nationals this way. So we had two part ways. I went to the foreign nationals Um, line and he went through US citizens. And when I went through the foreign nationals, I remember I was like, this is it, this is it. I go in, there's different little gates, if you will. And I went straight to the gate that was open. Um, And I had my papers in hand, AKA my Mexican passport and my advanced parole letter along with my DACA stuff. And the patrol agent is like, you know, um, stand right here so I can take a picture of you. And I'm just like, okay. And you can tell she's trying to act, like, kind of intimidating. Like, you can tell she's just being super serious. And I'm like, oh, my she God. She was a
0: Latina herself, huh? She
1: looked extremely Latina. Um, she
0: just had blonde hair. She dyed it
1: blonde hair. Yeah, like, she, I mean, I don't know if it was, like, her natural hair. Color. I don't know. But she definitely was Latina because she spoke Spanish to me as well. Um, but I remember seeing a Snickers bar, half-eaten Snickers bar on her desk, And I remember thinking, "Wow, this other human has so much power over me right now," (laughs) and yet she's just human, and she has a half-eaten Snicker in her on her desk.
0: Well, at least you know that she isn't like um, angry, because you know how they say like, "You're like if you're angry." Have a Snickers? So maybe it's a good thing that she had eaten half of it. Have a know.
1: Snickers. Yeah, I caught her in a good time. Yeah, had, good if had, Lord.
0: If you had talked to her prior to eating half of that Snickers, I who Probably,
1: who knows? I, who knows how things would have gone down. Yeah. Um, she takes a picture of me. She takes my fingerprints. And then she's like, okay, ¿qué papeles tienes para mí? You know, I'll never forget that. And I'm like, well, here you go. I'm on advanced parole. Tengo advanced parole. So I told her. You know, this is at my advanced parole. I'm on DACA. Here you go. And she like looks at it and and her face is like, she kind of looked like she didn't know what it was or like she looked confused. And I'm thinking to myself, girl, I know you've seen thousands and thousands of people with this and I know you know what it is. (laughs) And so I'm just like, you know, I kept my cool and my calm. That's why I say i was so proud of myself um, being the very anxious person that I am. Uh, I kept myself very collected. And, you know, in no way was I rude or anything like that. Um, And after a few minutes, you know, of her looking confused, or at least trying to make me think she was confused, she goes, okay, te tengo que llevar para el cuarto de atrás. And I automatically ask her, "Um, para qué? You know, like, I want to know for what, you know, and I'm like, that's scary. I didn't tell her that's scary, but in my mind, I'm like, well, I want to know like, where are you taking me back there? And of course I've heard of cuartito, you know, from people who have gone and from different forums and Facebook pages and groups of people who have done advanced parole, but I was still like, what can I expect? And so she gets down and she closes the door to that little gate where we're at. And she's like, let me just close this door. I was like, Okay. And she starts escorting me to the cuartito, quote-unquote. And we bump into Irving there because he's done with his part. And he's like, where are you going? I'm like, oh, my van you cuartito. And he's like, so what do I do, Do What did you say? Should I wait for you out here? Yeah. Yeah. What she, was, was
0: she... she was trying to act tough. She was. She, like, was, she, she was, was like, yeah, you wait outside. She I'm was like,
1: like okay. you wait out here. And I was like, oh, my God. i broke Like... Just, like, anyway. So, you know, that happens. Um, She takes me into the cuartito. It's not a cuartito. It's, like, a big waiting room as if you're in a, like, clinic, you know, and waiting for your turn to be called. There was, like, maybe a dozen more people sitting down waiting. And I thought, and the moment she shut the door behind me, I thought, this is so, (laughs) this is so crazy. Like, they really want to make it seem like, You know, you're not going anywhere, which I mean, really, you weren't going to go anywhere because the door locks from the inside, (laughs) like the door automatically locks from the inside and you can't go out from those doors. And the only way you can go out is if one of the officers opens it for you from the outside, or if they push a button to open the door, unlock the door, which was insane. Um, So I'm sitting there and I was like, okay, this is it. This is the moment that I've been eagerly waiting for because I just want to get it done. I just want to get this over with. Just and I started thinking about my future. You can't help but to think. Oh, and I remember texting Irvine and texting my cousin Erica who was gonna pick us from the airport and telling them, Hey, I'm here. This is her number, hey, this is Irvin's number. Y'all communicate because it looks like I'm gonna be here a while and God willing. Um, I get to come out of here. But if I don't, this is for you guys to communicate with each other. And I already had my mind. You know, I was like, okay, might have. Worst case scenario, like my therapist says, might always imagine the worst case scenario. And imagine you managing through it and handling it. So I did. Worst case scenario, they don't let you back in. So what happens? Um I... I'm gonna do everything possible to thrive in Mexico. (laughs) Like I was thinking like, I'm gonna move to a city. I'm going to find some type of job where we can provide resources to, you know, my rancho. And like, I'm just, I'm gonna thrive. I don't care. I'm just gonna thrive and I'm gonna make the best of it. Obviously I was like, so scared. And then i remember seeing people being called into the office by these officers and you could hear them getting questioned and i just thought i'm ready for whatever question they're about to throw at me like i'm prepared i have everything i need i know my life i know i didn't do anything you know you just you're second guessing yourself
0: yeah playing in the background you probably have that you only get one shot do not miss your chance to roll (laughs) this opportunity comes once in a lifetime
1: (laughs) definitely i definitely had that i was like it's my shot like this is this is it um so you know that definitely went through my head and then i think 10 minutes went by i was like seven like seven ten minutes it yeah. felt like forever. i was
0: outside i was already getting ready to start scrolling through tiktok and then you come out
1: that's crazy it felt like forever yeah. and then i realized it wasn't even a full 10 minutes i hear my name and I thought because keep in mind I thought all these people that have been here before me are still gonna get called and they had it's just like a clinic you know when you show up you have a little window where you go but this time instead of going to the window you only go to the window when you get called or you get called into the back um so that helped a little bit in the sense that it's like it's not like the layout I've been in a layout like this so many times like a clinic layout so that's what I kept telling my brain Um, And then the moment when they called my name, I think that was the most memorable moment and the moment that I can paint a picture on the best, a picture of the best in the best way. Because again, it was like a movie. You know, in the movies, when someone is walking and approaching something, right? That it could be whatever, but it's, it's obviously nerve wracking. And in the movie, the audio turns to the person's heartbeat and the person is going in slow motion. Mm. It's just like you're walking and it's like. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. That's exactly what it felt like. It felt like I was walking in slow motion. <laughs> and I was walking towards, because I hear my name, it's like Maida Esquivel, you know? And I was like, Maida Esquivel. And I was like, oh my God, that's me. And the moment I stood up, it was just like, it was a movie and I was walking and walking and it just felt like I was never gonna get there. And I was just like, I could hear the sound of my heartbeat in my ears. I could hear my breathing. I, it was tunnel vision towards this agent, you know? And then I get (laughs) there and I'm grounded again because he says, hey, Mara, how you doing? And I was like, I'm great, how are you? He's like i'm good so i got you all set up now um i think you already know this which i don't know how he would know that i would already know this i guess i don't know but he was like if you want to do this again you do have to apply for it again i was like yes yes of course and he's like well i've got your stamps uh here's your passport and here's your advanced parole letter because they have to give you all of that back and they have to stamp they don't have to stamp your passport it's not customary um but they, they do have to stamp your advance parole letters, okay? Yeah. So keep that in mind. They do have to stamp that.
0: Don't leave without your stamp.
1: Don't leave without your stamps. Um, they so- pretty much
0: asked me more questions than they asked you.
1: <laughs> they did.
0: <laughs> They're like, where are you coming from? What were you doing over there? And I'm like, bro, like, it's I'm a citizen.
1: <laughs> I know. Oh, yeah, gosh, I'm, I'm a of course, scary.
0: They have to ask. And I, 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 did, I didn't think I was going to get nervous, but... When they started asking all these questions, I started doubting myself, and I was like, damn, I, why did I come over here? Like,
1: <laughs> What's what, my name? You
0: know, what place do I tell them that I just came from? Like, and, was I born here? I, know I was like, Wait a <laughs> I was born in California. Come on, man.
1: Oh, my God. So um, scary. I mean, that whole thing's just intimidating, no matter, you know, what status you have. I just
0: thought it was funny that they asked me more questions than they asked you.
1: Oh, yeah. And it, but I'm glad. The yeah. officer was super cool, super chill. Um, and he was like, all right, um, have a great day and I'll let you out on this, this door. And he presses a button on his desk and it, open and it turns the light around the door, the exit door green. And it means it unlocks and mm. he presses a buzzing button and it goes, Bzz. and I was like, oh my goodness. I wanted to collapse on the ground when I exited that door. i wanted to collapse and cry and just scream and be like what did i just go through like it was so heavy and i i remember just trying to like look for irving and like I, i i don't even think i had the i don't know like the cognitive ability to look for him or to like i was trying to figure out how to call you on my phone because i was just like i just got let back in oh my goodness thank you so much you know luckily
0: i was there sitting at a bench just ugh. like 30 feet away from you so
1: the relief was just astronomical and i saw him and i was like babe i'm out and he was like you're good and i was like i'm good they gave me my stamps and after that it was just like i i ugh. it was the best feeling ever mm-hmm. um And we just ran down to baggage claim. Like, I didn't even, to tell you at this point, I didn't even care about airport anxiety anymore. Like, I didn't care about airport anxiety. Like, it just, it wasn't in my mind. It was like, like, girl, you made it. You're here. You made it back. And you got to have an amazing time and visit your relatives and your grandpa and your grandpa and your aunts. and like, girl, you made it. And I... Best feeling ever. It was super hot. We knew mm-hmm. right away we were not in Mexico anymore because it was so hot and humid. And yeah. I was like, Ugh. I was like, I miss Mexico already.
0: But <laughs> just grateful for the opportunity, you know. I mean, I know that you know that other people don't have, um, you know, this privilege to be able to use that permit to go visit Which family members. We everyone have friends
1: should we everyone have friends that should. don't
0: have DACA. You know, we have friends that. They don't have that opportunity, and and uh, I don't know, just just Ugh. sucks with these with these man made borders, you know, that were created by people that literally took over this land from Native we Americans. We
1: hate it. We hate it so much, and it it you know it does take a toll to to realize that that was a privilege, yeah, and to think and have all those other people that still can't go see mm-hmm. their home countries and their families, it just tears my heart apart.
0: So we hope that in the future, there's some sort of legislation that allows not not only, you know, our friends, but our our family members, our parents, our, our folks in our community that haven't been able to go to their country, you know, since the last time they came in. And uh, because if you go out and you don't have documentation, you can't come back in. So it's, you know, it, it sucks. So hopefully things change in the future. Um, I feel like a lot of us will continue advocating to make that change happen. But um, do you want to talk about any, any takeaways that you had when you came back, when you were back on U.S. soil and, and you had either a few days to process everything? What were your thoughts?
1: Well, it took me like four days to decompress from everything because it was a lot of um, it was emotionally taxing the whole thing. So it took me. So I think it's so important to realize, like, take all the time you need if you're gonna do this, and you know when you're back. I know a lot of people are gonna want to hear you hear your story they're gonna want to come see you which you know is beautiful obviously but don't be afraid to say hey i need if that's what you need right i need some time to decompress i need some time to process what just happened this was very emotional and very heavy and i just need time and i will let you know when i'm ready because that is exactly what i (laughs) did i but yeah I took the time that I needed um because it's valid to say that it's very exhausting in a good way and I mean certainly in a bad way you know going through the whole process of coming back and and maybe that's not how other people's experience was coming back yeah. you know maybe it was even better or maybe it was worse um But everyone has their own way of dealing things, everyone has their own experiences, but just keep in mind to cater to what your mental health is telling you, what your mind is telling you. Um, So that's definitely a takeaway, that this is such a heavy process before, during and after. So take all the time you need. Um, From our experience, granted we were only there five days, I did not feel unsafe, not even for one minute um i didn't feel unsafe who knows yeah.
0: and but we also got to take in mind that we we didn't go out to any like public places and stuff we stayed around your family
1: we did and
0: your family took care of us pretty good but there was there was at the time that i was there also i there wasn't a moment where i feared for my life or anything right. like that
1: um yeah. and i think the third thing i the third thing i took from it is there is a time for everything and it, it just happened to everything fall into place things will align and things will fall into place when it's that time. You know, I feel like if we would have gone before, it wouldn't have aligned as well as it did. If we would have waited, I feel like it wouldn't have aligned as well as it did, but um another and you
0: mentioned you mentioned the time part of it where you said like you got to find the right time and stuff. But so you but that aside, you do recommend that people if they have the opportunity to yes, use it, I mean to capitalize on definitely it.
1: Definitely use it. Definitely keep yourself um aware and informed about what's going on with DACA and Advanced Pearl. Because like I said, another factor why I didn't go uh before or previously is because there was no Advanced Pearl. They took it away. There is just these I Forgot like, about that. There's these judges that keep taking it away and then You know, they get overpowered by another entity who says, no, you need to reinstate this. So it gets reinstated. I mean, it's literally like just a back and forth within the government.
0: Yeah, I feel like being like the... Like doing one of those videos like Chris... Was it Chris Crocker? The guy that was like, leave Britney alone. But saying like, yo, leave DACA alone.
1: Ugh, just leave us all alone. Like we're not even doing anything bad. Like if anything, we're bringing so much prosperity to this country as a whole. Um, But yeah, I definitely recommend everyone to go and talk to an attorney Mm -hmm. and or a credit representative um, and have a consultation with them and see if you have a good chance of getting approved.
0: And please don't go, I mean, I, I hate to say, well, I don't hate to say this, but don't go to notaries for any immigration <laughs> process because it's, that's always a risk. And I know, look, yeah. I hear all the time people will tell me, they'll be like, I'm going to a notary in Ford's mail, all these different things. I'm like, yo, go to an immigration attorney, please. Because your future is, you're like, some person is handling your future. And why would you not prefer to have someone that, you know, either went to law school or has experience in, in this field? You know?
1: Yeah, yeah. And you know, I mean, obviously nothing against notaries, but yeah. again, you can only practice immigration law, and by that I mean you can only help people with immigration forms. Um if you are an immigration attorney yeah. or you are an accredited representative with mm-hmm. the Department of Justice. Um, so just be careful who you go to. Um, make sure they're credible. And if you do have the opportunity to do it and it feels right, right? Because I'm also a person who's like very like, trust your gut. If something's telling you not to do it, then don't do it. (laughs) Like, I know a lot of people would say, well, you can't let fear stop you, right? But like I said, I feel like if it's meant for you to go, you'll know that it's meant for you to go. And right now advanced parole hasn't been taken away yet that I know of. Um, So definitely go, go try to consult, you know, with, with someone and um, a a legal representative and see if you can do it.
0: And to, to end this episode, um, can you talk about what, um, I think the overall theme of this, of your trip, we talked about this prior you had mentioned was, finding the the missing shoe so can you talk about that what that missing shoe means for you
1: oh el zapatito um, oh gosh that yes um so the entire time i had told Irvine that i wanted to him to document everything right every sequel experience because in a way and i and i told him i was like i The thing is, my grandmother, when she used to come up here with a visa, um, she kept all of my baby things in Mexico. She kept all of my clothes, some shoes, um, toys, my little bathtub. And then one day, she brought me one of my shoes, Like, like a baby shoe, cute little shoe with those socks still in it. And that was like years ago, but I still have that shoe. And I asked her, where's... ¿Dónde está, el otro par del like, ¿dónde está el otro par Where's the other shoe? She said, oh no, I forgot it over there. I forgot it in Mexico. Wild, right? Well, I told Irving, I said, well, look, I'm going to Mexico because obviously I'm going for the reasons that I already mentioned, but I'm going in search of that other shoe. El otro zapatito. And what was crazy is and mind you it's been years ago right i did not expect my grandmother to remember at all as soon as i we get to her house she pulls me in she's like bim 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 ben quiero darte algo quiero darte algo and i was like oh my god que sera she brings out this cute little cloth and she unwraps it and it's the other shoe, <laughs> which
0: was captured in the video on
1: so And it's see. the other shoe with the exact same sock. I mean, the the pair, the, the pair of the socks too, like the shoe. And I just start obviously like crying, and I was like, "This is the zapatito that you. This is the other shoe."
0: She kept that for like twenty eight years.
1: She kept it years. for at like you guys. It was beautiful and. It was just so heartfelt. And I just start... You'll see me do an ugly cry face in the video. Like, no shame. I have no shame in that. But that's why I'm ugly crying. Um, And I'm holding a little shoe. And that's the shoe. It's like my grandma just knew. And it was almost like she was waiting for that moment. She was manifesting it. And she knew that one day I was going to be able to get the second shoe. Mm -hmm. But it was going to be in Mexico.
0: Yeah. And... One of the, I, I mean, that's, like, we didn't get to, like, do a complete documentary like we wanted to about mm-hmm. that. Because we wanted to like do, like, a legit freaking 10, 15-minute documentary, you know, and call it that. Call it, like, The Missing Shoe. The Missing
1: Shoe. El and, Zapatito Perdido.
0: But definitely check out that reel. Check out that TikTok on on my uh, Instagram and on my TikTok. And, and you'll see a lot of the stuff that Maida is mentioning here today. And, uh, and yeah, it's just a very powerful video, uh, not because I made it, but just because of everything <laughs> in it, just seeing like all, all Midas family members and, and, you know, just that first time interaction, you'll see like legit them crying because it's like the first time they've seen each other in like 20 something years. Uh, it's just a beautiful video. So please go check that out if you haven't yet. Um, but yeah, if anybody has any questions, anybody has that guy and is trying to do advanced parole. I know Maida's very open to, you know, answering questions through Messenger and stuff. So you feel pretty good with people reaching out to you if they have any questions, right?
1: Of course. Yeah, totally. So I'm very open to sharing about my experience with anyone who's interested or who reaches out. Um, I think it's just if, you know, if someone needs some like uh, professional immigration advice, then that's where the will probably have to reach out to my work number um they can do that at 479-276-3180 um and i am an accredited representative at arkansas immigrant defense so yeah we just want to make sure we set you up with a consultation and make sure we give you know all the time necessary to questions but yeah if it's anything that has to do with my experience i'm totally open to that
0: Just so everybody knows, when you when you ask me a question about like immigration and stuff or any kind of process, I usually ask Maida because I really don't know the answer for the most part. I just know the general general stuff. But uh, if it's a little bit more detailed, I I either, you know, ask Maida and she and then I relay the message or I just direct people to that phone number so they can contact her. Um, But yeah, uh, any other final comments you want to make? No, people.
1: I mean just thank you for listening to us and listening to the story. If you made it to the end, um, it's eleven thirty seven. Um, so I'm a little bit like out of it, but I also do want to add that the place where I work at is Arkansas Immigrant Defense. It is a nonprofit law firm, and we're located in Rogers, Arkansas. Um, I have shared my work number with you all, so. You're welcome to send me a message if you have a question. Again, if it's just a general question, if it's more specific, um, you know, then we definitely encourage a consultation to give you all the time you need. Uh, But that's it. Thank you, everyone. Let's go to bed. Thank you for
0: for everybody listening. That was the end of episode 198 of the District 3 podcast. My name is Irvin, joined by Mayra Esquivel, my wife. Um, We'll catch you all next week. Bye.